Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong Giants fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to a special New Year's edition episode of Giant Cocktails. I am Ben Henry, and I am here in person with my brother, Matthew Henry, co-host, and really nothing else. He's got to re-earn it all, folks, this year. I'm no longer esteemed? I'm not even esteemed. Oh. All right. Uh, All right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I see how it is. I've gotten... It's a new year. It's a new day. It's a new dawn. I'm like Mauricio Dobon. I got to work my way back up to the Major League roster now. Yeah, and we're going to see how that works out for both of (laughs) us. Yes, today, folks, is December 31st, 2021. As we record this podcast, we are just a little under 12 hours away from the new year here in California. Uh, but this will be showing up in your feeds on New Year's Day, or at least so Matthew says. That's the plan. You know, right. things change. Who knows? Things happen. The first, the second, one right. of those days. It, it, it's Yeah. I mean, these days, it's like if it gets done, it's a good thing. It's good news, right? <laughs> That's right. You know, um, but yeah, folks, we Matthew and I are here in person together recording in my empty cavern of a home office. So if our audio sounds a little echoey, I apologize. That is completely my fault for um, not decorating my barren room. Um, and we're just the two of us are just too big to fit in my 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 walk in closet. Um, yeah, I mean, I love you, but not that much. Yeah, no, that would have been a little bit of, it's a weird, that would have been a weird situation. I don't know, it would have been like, you know, hot boxing without the, uh, the smoke. Just no, no, no. Um, so many, so many innuendos in there that were just totally awkward when you're talking about your brother. So, uh, so yeah, so if we're, if we're sounding a little echoey, a little off, uh, that's why I, I definitely apologize for that. Um, but actually, it's going to be interesting. It's an interesting dynamic because the two of us are here in the same room looking at each other in the face. So when one of us says something stupid, we're really not going to be able to hide our reaction. So Yeah, which, you know, I mean, something stupid said every time, right? Every so... time, every time. I think everything that comes out of my mouth is stupid. So, <laughs> uh, But before we get to all of the stupid things that I'm going to say... Uh, I have a question for you. Oh, okay. Okay, well, it's not that advanced, but... Well, actually, I have two questions for you. My first question for you is, what is your favorite holiday besides your own birthday? Because, I, obviously, I know that's your favorite holiday. <laughs> uh, well, it's not a holiday. It, it is to it's me. Not, no, but, no. And, but, you know, maybe someday mm-hmm. my birthday will be a national holiday. You know? <laughs> As he chokes on his drink. <laughs> I don't know why I kept that in because if I had done a spit take, spit take on that, I would have spit all in your face. And on your computer. So yeah, that's true. That's, yeah, that's really what it was to save the computer. Uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. So anyway, my favorite holiday, uh, easily Christmas. Uh, really? I, yeah. um, you know, being a dad with children, uh, I get a certain joy of watching my children open their gifts on mm-hmm. Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's my favorite uh, holiday. Being a, being a human that eats food, my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. Mm. Mm-hmm. When I give thanks to food. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and then I stuff my face with it. Yes, yeah. I've seen that happen. You're quite good at it. Yeah, yeah, I, I am quite good at it. I enjoy, I enjoy that very much. Uh, I mean, I enjoy the whole, you know, getting the family together and being thank- thankful for, you know, all of the non-material goods that you you uh, you you have. Don't sorry that you have all the non-material things in your life that you're you're thankful for, as opposed to the other 364 days a year where I just think about all of my stuff. 
you just Christmas, which is pro-consumer, totally pro-consumer holiday there. It, it is. I yeah, I have no apologies for that. You know, my... Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. That's just right. the way it is. Okay. You said you had another question, though. I do. Why are we here together in person? Oh, well... Besides, besides that we're brothers and maybe we, like, genuinely enjoy hanging out with yeah, you. Yeah, that wasn't it. Yeah, that wasn't it. <laughs> uh, well, we are... Uh, We've had in our minds that we were going to do a uh, offshoot of Giant Cocktails, the another podcast that focuses strictly on cocktails. So yesterday, <laughs> I came down early, and I got to say, I have never drinking that much alcohol in one day <laughs> in my entire life. Yeah, folks, we, we, we experimented with, I think, about 13 or... 13 cocktails, maybe 12? 12, I think, yeah. Yeah, uh, in a, in a, well... In a 12-hour time. hour span of time, yeah. It was, um, it was something. <laughs> um, yeah, so we were, you know, we were doing a little bit of uh, research and development around uh, what kind of cocktails we wanted to talk about on our new podcast, and, uh, uh, you know, really focusing on the beginner uh, of, you know, those who are interested in getting into cocktail, home cocktail making and how we could help that. Uh, and so we, yeah, and so because we're diehard, you know, mm. we're diehard researchers that want to do these things yeah. for our listeners. Yes, we do it all for you folks. All for you. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we, get, we got a little drunk yesterday. <laughs> yes. Even though the goal was to try to stay sober so that we could actually, you know, be thoughtful and logical about, about what we were experimenting on. I, I think we actually accomplished we that. Did. We did. I think we did a pretty good job of spreading spurts. it out. Yeah, and we did it in spurts. We had lots of good food. We were actually sharing cocktails. We weren't drinking a full one. Correct. You know, there were a couple of times where we just took sips and then decided what we wanted to talk about and then we just dumped the cocktail. Because, yeah. you know, we wanted to be uh, somewhat coherent and right. have some right. ideas. But my, anyway, that's... Yeah. My apologies to the cocktail gods for dumping out some of those cocktails because they were, they were all pretty good. They were very good. Uh, and I think anybody who knows me would be like, Ben dumped out a cocktail? Never. <laughs> yeah, you were the first one to do it, too. I uh, was... Yeah, well, I could feel it coming, and it was on the first round, and I was like, no, I gotta, I gotta pull back. I gotta pull back. Gotta pace yourself, huh? But as a result of that, Matthew, now here we are. It, it's, it's kind of like morning. It's like brunch time on, on New Year's Eve. And uh, we spent the previous day drinking 12 elaborate cocktails. And we kind of woke up this morning and we just weren't, we weren't quite feeling it. We know we wanted to record this podcast, this episode. We knew we needed to come in with the cocktails. But at the same time, you know, we didn't feel like we could do a full bore, you know, um... Uh, cocktail. I mean, we did discuss doing some like brunch type or hair of the dog that bit you cocktails, like like uh, Bloody Mary or a Bellini. And all of that would have been good had we planned ahead. Right, but we didn't plan ahead, and we didn't have the ingredients for those things. Uh, so, with that being said, Bob, hit one of us with the question: What are you drinking, Ben? Thank you for asking, Bob. I never thought you would. Today, I am drinking a nice hot tea by Harney and Sons. It's their hot cinnamon spice, which is uh, a very warming, um, holiday kind of themed, you know, I mean, I don't think it's holiday themed from their perspective, but is from my perspective. It really helps me get into the mood. It's a very wintry and warming uh, tea, uh, especially when you add a little uh, snort of bourbon to it, which I have done. And uh, um, yeah, it is, it's, it's really good. <laughs> it's, it's really good. Uh, it's a lot better than I thought it was gonna be. Um, and it's just enough to take the edge off of what little bit of a hangover I had. Um, and uh, I'm feeling pretty good, feeling pretty good. All right. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, uh, Bob, like like Ben, uh, I felt like maybe a tea route was the way to go, and so we just rummaged through Ben's tea drawer and uh, found a very nice, uh, it's called Geisha Blossom Tea. That's right, folks. 
at the bottom of my drawer, my tea drawer, are bags of geisha blossom. That's how we roll at yeah. my house. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure that's entirely due to Ben's wife. But, <laughs> but I mean, it is a very nice tea. It's, uh, I, what, is it imported from where? I, well, this, this is genuinely imported from Singapore by Singapore. a friend of ours, who that's where they acquire it. Uh, it comes in this nice, cool, fancy yellow box once a year to our to our home. Um, I will say the tea bag is quite impressive in itself. It's hand stitched. It's a hand stitched tea bag. Like yeah, this is fancy. I yeah. At the at at the Matthew Henry household, we don't have fancy tea bags like this. Yeah, is, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's pretty uh, it's pretty funny though because like tea bags and in general to the tea community, I think are considered. Tea yeah, bags. that's true. Yeah, you're not. We we did, you had some loose leaf, but you know. Yeah, we, we do have loose leaf tea. Here. Yeah. But anyway, so I I chose this because it's got a floral kind of uh of thing i threw a cinnamon stick in there to give it a little bit of uh cinnamon punch That's right he ruined the geisha blossom by putting cinnamon stick in yeah well because i wanted it to kind of play with i like you the splash of bourbon that i put in and there i think and i think uh i think i accomplished that it's uh it's a nice uh, it's got a little bit of kick with the uh mm-hmm. with the bourbon but um it finishes with the uh the the nice blossom you know uh taste so I think it's a good good little option here for like a brunchy kind of late morning. Let's just have a little drink while we're talking giants. Indeed, indeed. And what it also proves, folks, is there's always room for bourbon. Always. And I mean, tea is a great thing to drink when you are deep into the dark winter during the off season huddled around your hot stove and waiting for the new year, the new baseball season to come. And 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 that's why we're recording now here on New Year's Eve and, and releasing an episode on New Year's Day is to, to look to the future. And I'm looking at our show notes here, Matthew, and I'm realizing just now as we as we as we had we just prepared these notes in person together for the first time and I'm realizing we missed the most important note, which is since the last time you and I recorded this show, while the Giants have done a few maneuvers, they haven't done anything at the major league level because we're still in a lockout. Yes. And I think, uh, you know, what's interesting doing the podcast is uh, we haven't published an episode for a few weeks uh, and yet, people are still downloading episodes, which indicates to me that there's people desperate for Giants news. And uh, so, I, you know, I, and aren't we all, right? I think we're just desperate for any kind of news and what's going on and how, what's going to happen. And, you know, right now, who knows, right? And, and I think, obviously, we're hoping for some major changes in January between the talks, and hopefully they'll start coming to some resolutions. But, yeah, who knows? That's a good point, you know, because I was thinking all baseball fans are suffering through this together, right? But that's actually BS. <laughs> for Giants fans, after the season we just had... Oh, we're like, suffering more than any. We, we are ready. Yes. Right? You know, I mean, and especially the way it ended and to whom it ended. And, and you know, like, like we want to know, is this really the beginning of the new era? Are we here? Have we arrived? We want more information. We're hungry. And we know that this team's got to fill some holes. And, and then this, you know, millionaires and billionaires fighting over how to spend our money that we are giving to them, which we don't have to give to them, by the way. Right, because I can easily spend that money on video games and Warriors basketball. Warriors basketball. Uh, what are they doing over there on John Boy? They're showing us a lot of cricket. Videos. Cricket. That's right. Yes. That's right. Maybe we'll just jump on that bandwagon and we'll watch some cricket. We don't. Maybe we don't need baseball. I know nothing about cricket. It's there's a circle, and there's some sticks. Yeah, I you know at, at they, a flat bat I think yeah, right and, and the, the guys wearing the catcher's gear they run back and forth I don't know yeah the catchers I don't I don't they I wear don't, white yeah. I, uh, that's yeah I I don't yeah. know yeah and then know. they but at the same time like you need good bowlers so I don't know like maybe maybe the good bowlers from the PBA or like <laughs> like maybe it's like a joint 
I don't, I don't, I don't know. I yeah, don't know. Maybe we should stay away from the cricket. Yeah, okay, we won't do cricket. We won't do cricket. We'll, we'll do something more approachable, like Australian rules football. <laughs> uh, which I think that's, that's even what they call it in Australia. Right? Australian rules, rules football? football? Yeah. Not, isn't that the same as rugby? Yeah, no, actually I think they, <laughs> no. It's not? It's not anywhere near rugby. It's like a sport. It's like it's like a sport that kids at elementary school made up. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of like that kind of game. It's a game where it's like rugby, except you can just beat the snot out of random dudes. There's, I don't know. There's, there's guys. There's a lot of catching. I don't know. You should check it out. Okay. It's fun to watch. It's it's hard to understand. The coolest guys to watch on the field are the refs. They're always doing this weird little pointing thing. Where they like pull their elbows into their body and they just point. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, maybe Gabe Morales could yeah, uh, get a gig over there. I hope he would. I wish he would. <laughs> I wish he would. Uh, Gabe, still remember what I everything that I said in that rant about today? Because um, I know you listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. We should probably start talking we about Giants. We should start talking about Giants. Well, and, we were and, talking about Giants. We are talking about the Giants and how they aren't doing anything. Yes. But, you know, the New Year is approaching, and, and with New Year brings new hope, right? And right. Hope springs eternal. And and one of the traditions that we do around New Year's is we make New Year's resolutions. Do you make resolutions? God, no. <laughs> well, then you have to, like, you know, break them, right? I mean, that's the... Uh, no, I mean, yeah. it's because it's a given. It's a given that I'm going to break them. Yeah. 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 So, no. I, I just know. Well, I, I get it. Yeah, I've, I've gone back and forth over the years about making resolutions. I think uh, I tend to just do more like like a reassessment of where I'm at at this given time and things that I want to work on. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily call them resolutions because, yeah, then they lock in and when you don't achieve them, then you just, you know, it feels like, right. like a failure kind right. of thing. So I do think about changing the batteries in my smoke detectors. Oh, and sometimes I do. I was going to say, that's quite practical of you. Yes. Um, and I, what's the other thing? I sometimes think about seasoning my cast iron skillet. Those are things you're supposed to do once a year? Or twice a year. But like, yeah, yeah. It's like, do this on Independence Day and, and mm. New Year's Day and, and you're good. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, but I don't make resolutions, no. Okay. Uh, well, I kind of do that stuff on my birthday. All right. Well, yeah. yeah I do okay. a reassessment on my birthday. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. when you're another trip around the sun, what what should That's you right. do? That's well, right. when I'm taking the day off because it is a national holiday. <laughs> All right. Well, but let's put ourselves in. Um, even though we don't necessarily make resolutions, let's put ourselves in the in the shoes of some of our favorite. Let's make giants. resolutions for other people. Yes. Yeah, sounds good. Yes. yes. So if you're Zaidi, Farhan Zaidi, head of baseball for the Giants and you had to make a resolution for this year what would your resolution be oh wow Farhan <laughs> well as Farhan Zaidi I would resolve to continue to embarrass the rest of the front offices in Major League Baseball with all of my astute maneuvers but really what I would resolve to do is get a right-handed bat and maybe another starting pitcher. And I'm saying that because I know that's what you want Farhan to do. And I'm just throwing you a bone there. Because, I mean, I, I think that's a great resolution. I Hey, more starting, great, great starting pitching, that would be great. But I, I just, I don't know how they go about acquiring that said starting pitcher because there's really only one great arm left out there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Rodon is kind of the, 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 the key one that I think, you know, because the Giants have a lot of money and are able to, to spend that I think makes some sense. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if Farhan's resolution isn't to go get the mo- best, most expensive pitcher, but is to instead acquire starting pitching, right? And I think, you know, uh, we've seen this happen multiple times over the last couple of years where he Gosman, brings... Gosman, Wood, Yes, Spokani. exactly, right? And if you can find one of those guys this year, hey. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, last year he brought in three and, you know, Aaron Sanchez being the other and, you know, one of them didn't work out, right? But two stuck. And right. so I, I wouldn't be surprised if Farhan goes that route 
rather than the big spending route, uh, particularly because when you start giving starting pitchers long-term contracts, they don't age well, and uh, and it handcuffs you later on. And why would you want to put yourself in a handcuff situation when traditionally you've, you've done a pretty good job of bringing in really, you know, pitchers who have upside and helping them achieve that? So I wouldn't be surprised to see if that's you know Farhan's route. Agreed, agreed. I also think if I were Farhan, though, and I know you, you may disagree on this, I, I am a little nervous about catching depth, and I feel like that would also be a resolution was to add depth at the catching position. And maybe not even at the major league roster. Maybe it's Joey Bart and Casale, and that's their ride or die for the rest of the season. You know, we used to have like guys like Chadwick Tromp and guys that could come up and play at the major league level. And we don't really have that right now. And so I feel like there's got to be some catching depth added uh, at the AAA level at the very least. Uh, because if someone gets injured or Bart doesn't perform or something like that, we need to have um, some backup plans. And I think they definitely are going to look to to incre- improve that area for sure. I, I do think it is Casali and Bart um, on opening day, you know, barring injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and assuming there is an opening day. <laughs> players, <laughs> players, this is definitely your decision, players. Um, don't get me wrong, I don't like the owners either, but players, this ball's in your card. We all know it. Everybody knows it. All right? So, folks, I just said something really bad that Matthew has graciously cut from the show, but I still feel like I need to apologize. Um, and uh, I... Um, uh, yeah, so I do. I, I do apologize to myself for saying something um, that I'm embarrassed about. Um, and uh, well, but that's the bourbon talking, right? Yeah. I, man, it's sure. been a while. It's been a while <laughs> since we've done this. <laughs> you know, I gotta watch myself. But anyway, getting back to this, the catching stuff, I, I do think it's Casali and Bart, uh, and, and it's gotta be one because Casali, obviously, he's a great part of the team. He's now the best receiving catcher the Giants have. Um, I think he's a great person to help mentor Joey Bart, uh, especially in that area, because that's probably the area where Bart needs to grow the most. Um, But I think everybody wants to know, how is Bart going to perform at the plate? I think we do not have high expectations for Kurt Casale. We kind of know what he's all about. He, He can get streaky. He can have his moments. But he's not a guy who's going to carry you offensively uh, for an entire season. And I don't think, even though Giants fans have to accept the fact that we're going to have a downgrade here, right? Obviously. We're we're losing one of the greatest of all time to play the position. Um, Definitely a downgrade. But I think even Kirk Casale, Kirk Casale is too far of a downgrade. So I think we're really looking for Bart to come in and take that next step. But that has been the problem with him, right? Is he has not performed at the major league level at the same way that he has performed at the AAA level. And that is the biggest question mark. I think they need to give him another 60 games, though. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I At some point, you got to take the kid gloves off and let and let the, the kids play, right? I mean, and he, you know, he, he didn't. He was almost in AAA almost the entire last year. He had a couple injuries, so he didn't get a full season in. I think he got like two at bats, you know, at the major league level from a COVID he kind in of one game. Yeah, man. yeah. From a COVID standpoint, I think he was a emergency player or whatever. But you know, I think um, you know, hopefully that he grew last year as it. But you know, he was the number three pick in the draft. He's one of the top prospects in baseball. Uh, he needs to play. Yeah. And and this is the year and. We will see if uh, if it all pans out, but I yeah I agree. I think at some point you got to let your 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 young guys play, and uh, and and yeah, you're not going to replace a Hall of Famer. You're just not. Um, the interesting thing about this last year though was that Casale actually when he started games, the Giants actually had a better winning percentage than when Buster started games, and so you know it. it it, it goes well, that to, proves it. Kirk Casale is better than Buster Posey. Yeah, what, right. What do we know? What do we know? But I, you know, I, I think uh, what we do know is that uh, you know catching is beyond just being uh, good at the plate. And uh, Casale, you know, he caught what five or six shutouts in a row or something yeah, like that. To I mean, the season, right? And or pretty, pretty in, in, early in the season. Early in the season, yeah. And I think you know, so he's 
he's got a lot of value there that I think is, you know, we, we tend to look at the bat and it's hard to quantify catcher value from a receiving standpoint, but he, he uh, obviously has, has had a big impact and hopefully he'll be able to help Bart grow in that respect. And so anyway, I think that that's, that's we'll find out more about that, but moving on. Wait, before we move on, you look forlorn. He was so good at all the things, Matthew. <laughs> He was so. Why is he? Get, why is he leaving us? Why is this happening to me? I. I why do I, I good? Thought, why do bad things happen to good people like me? I thought you had gotten to the acceptance no! stage. No, ah, I did, but now I'm just thinking about it because, like, guy, he was so good at framing. He was so good at calling games. He, I, he had one of the greatest arms. Yes. Nobody ran on Buster. I know. I mean, you know, the only knock against him is he didn't hit, you know, 40 home runs every year. But he, but when he hit the home runs, they were always special. Yeah. Yeah. Well. All right, I'm over it. Okay. Goodbye, right. Buster. Whatever. Whatever your name is. Gerald. <laughs> I don't know. Let's move on. All right. All right. Okay, so. Well, which, which name do you want? Let's do the next one. Okay. Matthew. Yes. You are Gabe Kapler. What are your New Year's resolutions? My first thing that comes to mind is to continue to look ripped without a shirt on. Because <laughs> we have the most muscular manager in Major League Baseball history, I think. Um, That's a liability, honestly. I think if, if, he, if, he is, if he wasn't the manager of the year, right? you have to be the best if you're going to look like that. <laughs> Right, uh, but really, I think if if I if I think about it, I think um, yeah, you know, you're coming off manager of the year, Gabe Kapler. I think it's uh, resolution is to learn to continue to grow in how you manage your your bullpen, mm. how you manage your pitching staff. Mm. I think that uh, those are the areas where, where he's got to continue to grow. And you know, what I like about Gabe Kapler is that he's an open book in that respect, where he kind of admits that he's growing and he's learning. And so I, you know, I think that uh, you know, a year, two years ago, when he was first brought on, we had lots of concerns. My concerns are now nitpicky concerns rather than full-on concerns, I think. Um, I'm comfortable with Gabe Kapler as our manager. Uh, I think one of the things that... I really like about Kapler is the his a maybe his in-game decision making needs improvement, but as a leader, what he has shown is his ability to develop to bring together a coaching staff that is probably second to none, I think, in in Major League Baseball, and and also to really think outside the box and bringing on like a, a, you know Anissa, Alyssa Nakin and uh, uh, now we've got the new Japanese guy that's you know the first Japanese born uh, uh, coach in Major League Baseball history I mean he really is bringing on a really diverse group and and uh, um, I think that there's value in that and I like that he's 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 willing to go beyond the conventions of, of Major League Baseball to do that so and I think it helps the Giants uh, really, so I uh, so resolution keep doing that. That that would be my resolution if I'm Gabe Kapler. Uh, that's Tyra Yumatsu. Okay. I don't know that I pronounce that correctly. It's T A I R A is the first name mm-hmm. Tyra uh, Yumatsu, but it is an E in there, so it's U E M A T S U. I will say if you are not a subscriber to the Athletic. Uh, do so for the Giants coverage. Uh, we have some great Giants writers there, and I want to say it was Baggerly, uh, Andrew Baggerly, I think, did a piece on um, on Tyro Yumatsu, is that his name? Um, Tyra. Tyra, uh, which was an excellent piece about how he had kind of worked his way up from bullpen catcher, you know, for the you know, unpaid bullpen catcher to now a major league coach, and uh, it was a really great piece. So I, I would I throw my hat in there for subscribe to the Athletic just for that content like that. Fourteen years he's been with the Giants organization as a bullpen catcher, uh, and and yeah, is now part of the official coaching staff. And I, I totally agree. I, I think that one of the great things about about Gabe Kapler it has been the a 
off the field stuff, right? And building a coaching staff that is all about making the team better. I think a lot of times teams that's really not what the coaching staff is about and that's not they don't build, they don't go out and hire people because they're the best coaches. I think they go out and hire people because they have the biggest names mm-hmm. or because they had a 10-year major league baseball career. Yes. And I know a lot of major league baseball players do not like to be coached or managed by people who never played the game professionally. I know that's true. Yeah. And and if and if the players are not going to receive the feedback from a certain individual, then that individual cannot coach. And I, I get that. That being said, I, I think, you know, there are a lot of great coaches and teachers out there who are smart and intelligent but didn't have maybe the physical skill or ability to play the game yeah. who can still be great coaches. And the Giants have kind of proven that, right? Yes, exactly. And I think, I think, and, and I think really for, you know, Major League Baseball players, like, are, are smart people, right? They wouldn't be where they were if they, if they weren't. Um, and once you see that these people have a huge impact on the way that your team performs and the way that you pr- improve, uh, then, then it, it's kind of obvious that it really doesn't matter what they what they did in the past. right? Yeah. It's, it's really about how they make you better as a player. And obviously, I think the Giants are on the cutting edge of that, for sure. That being said, yeah, Gabe, manager of the year. Wonderful. Great. Congratulations. 107 wins. Amazing. I'm still not there, buddy. I'm still not there. Man, you're a tough nut. You got more to prove, baby. You got more to prove. I mean, just go back and listen to some of the angry rants that I had about some of the dumb things that you did in games. Uh, we would we should have had 111 wins. Wow. That's right. I'm putting four L's on Gabe Kapler. When you didn't have a relief pitcher when you needed one, or when you didn't have a pinch hitter when you needed one, because you'd already blown them with your Gabe Kaplerness. <laughs> I want more, buddy. I want more. I want I want uh, manager manager of the year or whatever the award should be. Even better manager of the year award next year. All right. Most improved and. Is there a most improved award? Is it the Ben Henry most improved? Maybe? Yeah, that's that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna create a most improved manager of the year award. I will give it out at the end of the season. Okay. To the manager that I think has improved the most, and it can go out to any manager. Gabe Kapler is in the running, and that's what I want to see. Gabe Kapler win that award. All right. Yeah, the Ben Henry most improved manager of the year award. Well, you know, the National League West. Mm-hmm. Has uh, some pretty good managers in it now. I mean, you've got. It does, and so it's hard for the best ones to improve. So Gabe Kapler's got a lot to. to it's, it's a hard road to hoe for uh, road to hoe for him, but he's got some easy areas to improve in. All right, right? all right. Well, but you know, Jace Tingler definitely would have been the front runner. Right? <laughs> for most improved, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, start so low. You start so low. Yeah, but well, no, sorry, Jace. Chase who? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I say that the National League West has some great managers. I have no idea who the Diamondbacks and Rockies manager is, to be honest. I, uh, uh, so so maybe I'm I'm overstating that a bit. But uh, Cavuto? <laughs> sure, if you say so. <laughs> All right, let's, let's pick a couple more. Let's pick a couple more players I for resolutions. Uh, your Brandon Belt. What is your resolution for 2022? Keep being awesome. <laughs> captain belt? Yeah. Yeah. Keep being the captain. <laughs> Just do what I do. Being the second greatest San Francisco first baseman of all time. Oh. You say that, and I was just... I mean, I love Brandon Bell. I love Brandon Bell. You're making so many people so but angry. But you're making me angry. Like, I... <laughs> I love Brandon Bell, but I to say that... Because there's some names. There's a William McCovey. There's a Will Clark. There's there's even J.T. Snow. No, no, no. Okay, yes, I can see how there's some people... There's some... There's some well, they're all 35 now, but they were once teenagers. You know, yes, right? So they that, were that devoted to JT Snow. I, yeah, and I'm just throwing his name out there because he was a very good first baseman. I don't know if I would rank him above of, above a Brandon Belt. He's, but, he's definitely in the top five of San Francisco yeah, first baseman. Sure. Yeah. And so I, but yeah, so I'm thinking in my book, third best first baseman of all Second time. Second best. 
All right. I'm just going to let everybody else figure out what my rankings are. <laughs> but he's the second best San Francisco Giants first baseman of all time. <sighs> I, I say that I say that mainly because I want people to continue to be angry about the whole Brandon Belt thing. Yeah. Because, because I, I enjoy that. The Belt Wars are true. There, they, There is some... I mean, anybody who thinks that Brandon Belt is not a great baseball player and one of the greatest first basemen in Giants history is just wrong. Wrong. They're just wrong. Yes. Um, and so my, but but yeah, I mean, I think that's the other resolution that I would make if I was Brandon Belt is the same resolution that I make every year that I always don't keep, which is don't get hurt. Don't end up on the IL. Yes. That, that's, I mean, Brandon Belt, poor Brandon Belt. I mean, he's, he's, yeah, my resolution would be don't square to bunt. Uh, yeah, but but then but then he'll find another way to get injured, right? I mean, or, this the, is... or the baseball gods will find another way. Yes, because it's not always his fault. No. The, the man has been hit by balls that have been thrown. Of course, maybe he's not. He was probably telling a joke, <laughs> not paying attention, not yeah. paying attention to the what was happening. He was probably being funny. He was probably being funny, and he got whacked in the head he with a air like, Hey, what if it said "Daddy" as my name <laughs> on the back of my jersey? <laughs> <laughs> and then whap, ball to the head. Concussion. Yes. Concussion. Yeah. Well, I yeah. I think that he just needs to stay healthy. Uh, and and that yeah. that would be my resolution: stay out of the hospital. Yeah, I'll tell you what he doesn't have to do. I don't think he has to make a resolution to hit more than twenty home runs because that's just gonna happen. Yeah, that's just who he is. He's gonna be a monster at the plate. I he hit twenty nine home runs in less than hundred games. Yeah. Well, but he had never hit more than nineteen home runs in a year in his whole career. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which is what the, a lot of the the, the the belt haters out there. Yeah. Um, well, they're wrong. Point to. They're wrong. Well, so, they were clearly wrong. Yeah. Because they don't value defense. They don't value plate discipline. They don't value all of the on base percentage. Right. They don't, like, yeah. I mean, they don't like, value the, the number one rule of baseball is get on base. Yeah. They don't value. Right? They don't value baseball. The game of baseball. Playing the game of baseball. You know what they should be doing? They should be watching cricket. Yes. And bowlers. And because it's all about hitting in that game. Is, I, I, I have no idea what I'm saying. I have no idea what I'm saying. I, I, I'm sure it isn't. I'm sure it isn't. I'm sure the fielders matter more in baseball and cricket than I think they, they do. I thought they just stand around the outfield and just wait their turn to bat. Is that not how it works? That's mainly what they do. <laughs> and I know an inning can last like three days, so I don't know well, how that works. Well, there's so many different versions of the game. Oh, okay. See, I but this is, not, this is okay. not that. Anyway, all right, all right. So... Okay, so we've gone through, but let's do one more. Let's do Logan Webb. Logan Webb. Um, am I Logan Webb? You are Logan Webb. What is your resolution for 2022, Well, I'm going to be Logan Webb for one resolution, and you should be Logan Webb for a different resolution. Okay, okay. Um, as Logan Webb, I resolve to... I resolve to be better. Wow. I resolve to be a Cy Young candidate. I like it. Yeah. I, that's what I... Because I, I've established myself. I've done everything that I always knew I could. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to just take myself to the next level. I like and, it. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I feel like there's some doubt with people about Logan Webb. I mean, you know, and and let's let's face it, before last year he was not great. You know, he was a mediocre starting pitcher well, before he's last Kirk year. Kirk Reader at ace level. And that's hard to that's hard to <laughs> Okay, explain what that means to some of our younger <laughs> listeners because they're like Kirk who? <laughs> well, Kirk Reader's nickname was Woody because uh, he reminded starting him. pitcher for the Giants in the late 1980s. Early 90s? 90s. 90s? He was in the 90s. He was in the 90s? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Late 90s, I want to say. And early... That's true. He was a Barry Bonds teammate. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Late 90s, early 2000s. And and he uh, was just the ultimate goober. He was just a goober. Like, whenever he talked, he sounded like a goober. And he had this laugh that was goobery. And he reminded everybody of the guy from Toy Story, the Toy Story movies, Woody. You know, the one yeah, that played yeah. by Tom Hanks. Uh-huh. And so that was his nickname, Woody. And, I mean, he was a huge Giants fan's favorite. 
But he was never more than their number three. Guy. Yeah, yeah. So when you say, oh, yeah, so you're talking personality because Kirk Logan Reeder. Webb and Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Reeder are like peas in a pot. <laughs> they are like. Cut from I, the same fabric, except yeah. that uh, Webb has a much better slider, much better fastball. Ex- much... Oh, he has a fastball. He has a fastball. Uh, yes, Reeder was a, uh, <laughs> was a, I'm going to kill you with pinpoint control, yes, hopefully. Yes, he, he was all about control. <laughs> he was all about control. He was all about putting the ball where you didn't think it was going to go. He was crafty. Um, uh, he, he was never going to blow you away, no. that is for sure. Uh, and so, yeah, that's that's how I see okay. Logan Webb. He he's that kind of guy, but he's but he has the the ability to be a Cy Young Award winner. Um, I'm not saying he's going to win this. I don't think that should be a resolution because I just don't think that should ever be your goal. But I think uh, he should be he should be in the conversation. He's, I like it. I like it because I I feel like people still doubt him. I think that there's some prove it to me kind of people out there and and uh, you know he's going to be the un well he's going to be the unquestioned ace as of right now uh, in the rotation he is the ace and he's the opening day starter there's no doubt about no that. doubt about that whoever they sign it will still be Webb as the opening mm-hmm. day starter I agree uh, and and yeah so I'm excited I think if I'm Webb my resolution especially if there's a DH next year is to convince Kapler that I should be able to pinch hit more often. Like I feel like I feel like that's Webb's goal. Like you know, he hit a home run in his last uh, at bat of the regular season. Or hey, last Kapler, game. if Logan Webb is pinch hitting next year, you are not winning most improved manager. <laughs> oh, well, so good luck with that one. Oh Logan. well, yeah, I. I I, but I, I still feel that's a goal for, uh, for for Logan Webb. He likes to he wants to hit. So anyway, all right. Well, I think those are some good resolutions. Uh, I do think there's some other things that we should talk about. One is you know we we haven't finished free agency. You know we're in lockout, of course. Uh, didn't make any big free agent signings outside of Alex Cobb. Uh, right. Uh, we've re-signed our own guys, of course. So you know we brought back. We brought back uh, Mr. Belt. We brought back DeSclafani. We brought back Wood. So those were all good, uh, you know, bringbacks. I think, uh, but we still have some holes. You know, uh, as you mentioned earlier, I think you know, right-handed outfielder, uh, a- a- another starting pitcher. But what if? You know, and the Giants have the money to spend. They've got you know, uh, in the past they have had payrolls in the high one. You know, close to 200 million. Right now, I think they have 150 million, kind of maybe even less than that, 125 million still yeah, out there, or that they've they've committed. So they have money. What if the Giants don't spend that money? Because I think fans were kind of expecting. We went into this year expecting that they were going to be big players in the free agent market, and they have not. And and so I think it begs the question: What if what if they don't spend the money? Is that is that a bad thing? Uh, yes. It's a bad thing if they don't spend the money. And I'm I'm not saying that they should just spend the money to spend the money. But what I am saying is, is that it means they didn't do enough to convince the free agents that are available that they are the best team to sign for. Um either for, for things outside of the package that they're putting together or because they just weren't putting together good enough packages. Um, and that is definitely a bad thing. They need to improve this team or at least keep this team as competitive as it was by signing free agents. And if they don't do that, then I think it's a, it's a, it's a tr- tremendously bad sign um, does that mean they have to go out and get the guys that, that, that we want? Do they have to get a Castellanos? Do they have to keep Gosman? No. But I do think they have to make significant moves on the free agent market. And, and so, yeah, I do think it's a bad sign if they don't spend the money. I'm not saying it's the end of their chances, but it definitely means they're having to go to plan B. Yeah. And uh, I, what do you think plan B is? Well, I, I think I think part of the plan, whether it's part A or B, 
is there's this um, I think they're they're afraid to to lock up players for longer than four years for a couple of reasons. One time, you know, one is that players start who are reaching free agency are usually around thirty. By the time they wrap up a a, uh, a five or six year contract, let's face it, their skills are most likely diminishing a la Longoria, right? Someone like that, right? So now they're not worth the money that you're paying them and then you're kind of albatross around your neck here yep. kind of thing. So I think I think that's a legitimate concern. I don't think fans really want to hear that, but I think that's something that they have to think about. The other thing is that we, one thing that we have not done as Giants fans, we have not been subjected to is... Uh, the Giants have never, under Sabian, pre previous regimes, we didn't rely on our minor league system to produce talent at the major league level, right? At we, least not on a yearly basis. Right. Like, it was, like the Dodgers do. Exactly. And uh, we would use them for trades, we would bring in guys, but we were not waiting for those players to blossom at the major league level. And, and, and I think this regime is committed to doing that, homegrown talent. And so when you do that, you have to look three or four years out of the road and say, who do we see at that point that's going to be joining the Major League roster, a la Heliot Ramos? Uh, you know, we've got some guys now that are getting near, you know, that near. time. And, yeah. and so right-handed power bat could be Elliot Ramos. Could be. And and maybe it's by the All Star break and not opening day, you know. And I just so I, I feel like there's that plays a little bit of a role in this, you know. And that yeah, they 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 want to spend money on a Castellanos who fits a, a lot of holes and fits a lot of parts. Not a great defender, but you know if there's a DH, maybe that doesn't matter as much. Right. But uh, but we also need to keep room for someone like Elliot Ramos who's. Pretty much near ready, and uh, and at some point you gotta let the kids play. Right. That's a fair. I mean, that's a that's a very fair argument. That's right. Like if you don't have places to put those guys, then they're not gonna come make the impact that I think a lot of fans want. I mean, a lot of fans are hungry to see Heliot Ramos at the major league level. We've already established that they are. He's gonna make his debut next year. It's that's, on the forty man roster now. On the forty man roster, and we know that everybody on the forty man plays. So, so we know that he will make his debut next year, but the question is, like, yeah, how significant of an impact is that going to be? And, and that's a great point, right? Because if they do clog up the outfield with a bunch of free agent signings, and remember they do have Yaz out there, yep. right? And, and, and yes, Wade Jr. And and... Yep, yeah, and yes. So it is a crowded space, and if you go add a big free agent signing, it just becomes more crowded, and it becomes harder for somebody like Ramos to make an impact. That's a great point. I, I, yeah, I, I totally, I, I totally agree. I, I think, I, I think that is one of the reasons, probably, why uh, we might not be seeing seeing them make the moves that we expect them to. And it might be also, but why they're they're attached to infielders more than we anticipate, right? Mm -hmm. Because while the infield is a little bit crowded at the major league level, it's less crowded at the minor league level, um, at least with guys who are going to make an impact in the next couple of years. I think that's also why the Giants are, are a little reticent to sign just longer contracts, right? Because you don't know, you don't want to be clogging it up, especially with players who have diminished uh, output um, or going to be old because, because they're going to be older. Right, um, yeah. And so you don't want to, like you were saying, uh, have that albatross around your neck. Um, you know, it just does make you wonder, though, is there a way that they could get some of these guys to sign sooner by just by, like, front-loading that money? Like, I'm just going to pay you more now so I don't have to pay you later. Yeah. Um, and is that enough to attract players to, to the Giants? I mean, I really felt like the San Francisco Giants were going to be a more desirable destination this year. And maybe that just hasn't played out the way that I thought it would. Um, you know, I mean... I don't know if fans know this, but a lot of players do not want to sign in San Francisco for reasons that are outside of baseball or are inside of baseball, but just not things that you would normally think of, which is, you know, um, hitters don't want to play here, especially left-handed hitters. Yeah. Right? They don't want to play in San Francisco. Well, they may have fixed that by changing the dimensions of the park. I thought that would make a big impact. Players don't want to sign in California for, for tax reasons. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, and players don't want to sign in California, especially in San Francisco, for plane ride reasons and travel um, and how far it is away from their, what they consider their, their regular home, 
right? And so there are a lot of reasons why players don't want to sign in San Francisco. I, I thought that the Giants had taken care of some of those. Um, money always helps, <laughs> right? <laughs> that is the main reason why people sign anywhere. Yep. Winning helps. Um, making Having a more fair ballpark helps. Um, and those have all improved, but for the Giants, but it just seems like it, it, it hasn't worked out that way this this off season. So maybe that's maybe there are still factors there that are that are that, that matter, or, or maybe it's just bad luck. I don't know, but it really does seem like the Giants haven't made quite the impact there that that I think we expected, and I, I assume that they even they expected. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think. Yeah, I, I think that it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out, but I, I, I do just think that there's a lot beyond just the Major League Club at this moment that plays into some of these free agent decisions. And the fact that our minor league system is becoming stronger, you know, plays into that. And I think that's a good segue into uh, our, our, our next kind of section is, uh, again, going back to the athletic, uh, the athletic has a uh, there's a woman named Melissa Lockhart, a writer there that covers their minor league system, and she did recently did an article on ranking the top 30 prospects in the Giants system, and uh, which is a great read by the way. But what what struck me is that the very last paragraph of that article, she announces that the rebuild of the San Francisco Giants organization is complete, and. Uh, and it got me thinking, like, you know, you, I guess your definition of complete might might uh, be uh, in question, but her point being that the Giants just won 107 games. They've got a really solid major league roster, obviously with some holes that need to be filled, but for the most part, they've got a, a, a roster that won 107 games last year. They've got a minor league system that is now in the top 10 at very least, uh, maybe even higher, according to some, uh, that it just got absolutely pilfered. Yes, in a which is draft. exactly, and so I guess I mean, and that's a good point, right? I feel like um, so. My question to you is: Is the rebuild complete? Uh, and then, yeah, let's talk a little bit about you know what are the ramifications when you see teams poaching our minor league system the way they did this last minor, Rule Five draft. Uh, I feel like that's an indication too that maybe you know uh, we've arrived in far as you know an organization that's ready to kind of develop a pipeline. Okay, I do want to quibble with the word complete. I, I don't think it's complete. I think there are some some elements that haven't quite landed yet. But I will say this: yes, she's right. From a fan's perspective, San Francisco Giants fans should expect this team to defend, successfully defend its National League West division crown next season. And they should therefore expect this team to be competitive and have a shot to win the World Series indefinitely into the future. Mainly because, one, they won 107 games. And we have to assume that wasn't a fluke. Now, obviously, 107 games is always a fluke. <laughs> right. Okay? Um, I do not expect the Giants to win even 100 games next year. Right. I expect them to be more in the 90s, low 90s. But, uh, and yes, they do have holes to fill to get there. But I think San Francisco Giants fans should expect that this team is going to compete for the division title year in and year out for the foreseeable future. And from that perspective, I think, yes, this regime's rebuild is over in terms of fans' expectations. So, yeah, we are out of the rebuild. We should expect the San Francisco Giants to be competitive um, every season from here on out until uh, until this regime is done, I guess. And and long may they reign. Absolutely. God save far high. <laughs> and... But that being said, I don't think it's complete. I, I, I think the minor league system is not quite there yet in the sense that it is not throwing up every year that top prospect. I mean, yes, this year it might it might be this year with Ramos. Yeah. Right? And that could be the beginning of it. Um, and or, or Bart. Or it could that. be Bart, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, Bart, 
Yeah, I mean, and, and Bart is part of the rebuild. I mean, yes, he was selected by the previous regime, but the current regime has kept him yeah. and, and, and has, you know, so I would say that certainly factors in. So it could be Bart, and it could be Ramos this year. And then, yeah, I do think that that really is the one thing that seals the deal. Because that's what they've been really trying to do, is rebuild that, that pharma system to the point where it was so good, it was so overloaded, that in the Rule 5 draft, they couldn't possibly protect all of these great players, uh, these prospects, and they just got just drained by the rest of Major League Baseball. Uh, they lost, what, five or six? Five or six, I can't remember, yeah. One of the, yeah. And uh, was way more than any other team, right? I think the only other team maybe lost two. Um, and so, so yeah, I do think, it, uh, yeah, I think it's complete. I, I agree. Like, from a fan's perspective, we should expect the Giants to be competitive and winning year in and year out um, from for now into the foreseeable future. Yes. Yeah, all right. Well, and I, I agree. I think that uh, just looking at, like, the, the, the pipeline and kind of looking at how... Uh, you know, uh, looking at our our uh, the depth, you know, you've got guys. You know, I was looking at their infield. You know, uh, Will Wilson. You know, the guy they bought basically uh, first round pick from the Angels uh, that they, they bought a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, has uh, been making strides. Uh, you know, he's twenty three. Uh, he's gonna do- he's in Double A this year. Uh, usually, that's the year that you start to see guys like that kind of make that next step. Uh, and so I think, you know, Marco Luciano is 20, you know, um, you know, uh, I think, so I think he's, he'll show up earlier than, than your usual guys, but yeah, he's still, a yeah, he's still way. got a little ways to go, but I think, you know, you guys got like Will Wilson as the bridge. I think you've mm-hmm. got guys like that, um, you know, that are, uh, possibilities for the Giants going forward. And, and, uh, you know, even on the pitching side, the starting pitching has, you know, uh, we've got, you know, Sean Jelly. Uh, who's now on the 40 man uh, could also see him next year being one of those guys that makes the leap and helps out uh, the the big league club. So I think you know they've got some young talented pitchers. Uh, yeah, I, I think that the, I would agree that the rebuild is complete. We just now need to see that translate into helping the big league club on a consistent basis. Right. right. I, I think and, a really easy way to really measure where the minor leagues are is like. All of these names that you hear people talking about, how old are they? Because a, yeah. a major league player really makes his major league debut where he sticks around 23, 24 years old. Yeah. That's how old they generally are when they stay for good. And that's even early for quite a many. It is. Because, um, I mean, you think even a college player coming out who has a little bit more seasoning, they're what, in their early 20s. Yeah. Um, they're still going to have to work their way up through the system usually. So you're probably yeah. 25, I would it's, say. Uh, there's kinda... many, many rookies who are 25 yeah. when they get their first full season. So, so you know, yeah, ideally, we, we all think in our minds about, you know, the Ken Griffey Juniors and the, <laughs> I don't know, whoever the last 19-year-old was. But, right, those are the ones that stick out to us. But... But really, it's 23 and 24 and 25 is when they show up. Um, you know, the, the Mike Yastrzemski's notwithstanding, right? Right, but, yep, yep. But um, those, are, those are less common, right? That they are the big impact players usually don't show up after 26 years old. There's a few 26-year-olds. I wonder how many Hall of Famers started there. I know that Campanella... Um, <laughs> Dodger. Was, ...was 26... Um, yeah, but also very Buster Posey equivalent. Yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. yeah, good comp for Buster. Yeah, good comp for Buster. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I agree. I, agree. I, I think I think that's really, and that's to me the most exciting thing about this regime is I really want to see a regime where we are producing young players and that year after year that player whose name you've been hearing about isn't the name that just got traded. Yeah. Right? right, that is the name that is making their debut, and you see them have those first breakout games, and then you know, yeah. a la Buster Posey, a la Tim Lincecum. Yes, right? how exciting were those guys? Dodgers fans have that guy every year. Right, it's been ten years since the Giants have had a guy like that. Yeah, and the Dodgers have done it for like what twenty years in a row. Yes, how many rookies of the year have they had in that span? Oh man, they yeah. used to have that on lockdown in the nineties and the early two thousands. I mean, just 
yeah, like, there are organizations that are really, really good at this. Well, the Oakland A's used to do that as well, right? Right. And that's where Farhan has A's and Dodger ties, and I feel like, you know, we're, we're on our way to that. So, one last thing that I was thinking, was just an interesting side note. Uh, the last team that won as many games as the Giants did, or one of the last ones, was, you know, the Seattle Mariners won 116 games in 2001. I mean, that's... Well, that that was twenty years ago, but that's an amazing number of wins. Isn't that the record? It is. It is the record. Yeah. Uh, in two thousand two, yes. the following season, they won ninety three games. Right. And they finished third in the American League West. Oof. So I could see a little bit of mirroring there. We've got you know the Padres and the Dodgers are not going away. The Giants could win 93 games next year and still be third in the National League West, you know. Right, and but, but, but okay, yes. But you can't control that, right? You, you can't, control can't control what the other teams do. You can't do. control your other teams, your, your, your opponents beating other teams. Well, unless you go steal guys from them in the Rule 5 draft that they just signed a free agent signing, all of what the Dodgers did to the Giants, and that is still one of the weirdest things that I've seen. And I don't know that we have time to talk about it, but there are things that you can do, but they're on the margins. Uh yeah, I, I totally agree that, that that is a factor. But here's the thing. Next year, like, you and I are going to make the playoffs. Right? <laughs> like, next year, like, assuming that things work out the way that everybody expects them to coming out of this lockout, like, you know, there is going to be a team in the playoffs that's just a random pickup team of people who've never played baseball before. Because everybody's making the playoffs next year. Oh, you think so? You think the new collective bargaining is going to add... Oh yeah, Team, that's the you, what the owners want. I mean, yeah. that's the owners want more revenue, and and I don't think the owners are asking the players to agree to give them more revenue from their pool. What the owners want is they want to generate more revenue for baseball. Yeah, and that means I think more teams in the playoffs. So, well, I guess that helps. I, it'll be interesting to see how that affects pennant races. And I think it's know. a double-edged sword, and I'm something we could probably talk about in the future. Like, if well, once we know, it, yeah, once we know for sure. But, um, but I, I do think that that it's very, very likely that we're going to see more teams make the playoffs, and so finish. And you can finish in third now and make the playoffs. So that's true. That's fine, as people expected it to happen. Yeah. Um, this year, uh, yeah. This the, pa- year, the Padres right? just, yeah, you just know. yeah, Padres were. San Diego Padres. They crapped the bed. Right. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, you know. They I, got they got Jace Tingler. That's the other thing. You, you, the San Diego Padres have to stop being the San Diego Padres, and that's like a that's like a truism. So I don't know how they do that. Yeah, they got a new manager. They got Bob Melvin. They got a guy who knows what he's doing. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I think that team is jinxed. I think that team is jinxed. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. All right. Well, you know, we're up on an hour. Feel like uh, this is a good uh, good time to yeah pause. Yeah. Um, oh hey, before we go, I do want to say that I got a call from uh, Kristen Lavulo, one Kristen Lavulo, while we were on the air here while we were recording, and she was really quite upset that we didn't know that her husband Terry Lavulo is the man. Uh, sorry, Tori Lavulo <laughs> is the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks. I did not know that. <laughs> Sorry, Kristen. Yeah, no, no, Kristen. Kristen did not really call us. Kristen has no idea who we are. Uh, but uh, yes, folks, I did do a Google search, and Google does pull back lots of information about people when you ask a question, uh, including who their spouses are. Um, the Rockies manager, Matthew, we know who that is. Oh, it's Bud Black. Yeah. Yes, I, I knew that. Now, yeah, now, half of, of the Black and Decker yes. uh, battery. Yes, I, you know, my apologies to Bud Black. Uh, he actually is a very great baseball man who's saddled with an, a, just a, an abysmal I mean, hey, organization. You, wanna, you know, I just... Uh, if you want to be a Major League Baseball manager, that's one of the jobs. It is, exactly. You and uh, I mean, it could be worse. You could be in Baltimore. <laughs> or right. Arizona. You could be in Pittsburgh. <laughs> You'd be in Baltimore and Pittsburgh where they clearly are trying to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Well, you know, it's been good talking with you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. Listeners, huh? listeners. yeah, happy New Year's to all of you. I hope that uh, 2022 is your best year yet. Uh, you know, follow us on Twitter and uh, Instagram at, at Giant Cocktails. Uh, and also look out for that because we're going to be doing some, when we when we roll out the new uh 
the new uh, cocktail-centered podcast named to still be determined. Uh, we will do some announcements out there. We'll also probably do a little cross-post here uh, for those of you who are interested in in learning about... Did you just tell the fans that the name of our new podcast is going to be Player to be Named? I did I say that? I don't. I don't know. That could, that has merit. It has I, I, merit. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, we see. We, we've had. We have a lot of names that have merit, though, and yeah. that's the problem. We'll yeah. figure it out before we go live. But I, you know, hopefully, you'll be interested in hearing more about our cocktail podcasts and uh, and join us there as well. Yeah. In the meantime, Ben. Cheers. Cheers. In person. In person. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up.